0: This is From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. I'm your host, pianist Peter Dugan, and you just heard 13 year old Sinran Shi perform two preludes by Sergei Rachmaninoff, opus 23, number six and number two. And yes, you heard that right Sinran is just 13 years old. One of the best things about my job is that I get to be around young people who possess that fearless energy and the kind of compassion that only the young seem so free to express. And you know what? That's the stuff that can really change the world. Like, we'll meet a young baritone who's involved in local politics and advocates for a greener city. And then there's a guitarist who volunteers at the VA hospital in his town. I mean, these kids are really making it happen. Most of the performances you'll hear on today's episode were recorded at the brand new state-of-the-art recording studio at San Francisco Conservatory's Bose Center in downtown San Francisco. We love being there. Let's go there now to meet Sinran Shi, the powerhouse pianist you just heard. Sinran, wow, that was incredible. Thank you. Your power at the instrument is just unbelievable. You're only 13, but you make... A symphonic sound with the piano. Just Thank beautiful. You. Tell me about some of the competitions you've been performing in recently. I know this is something you do like all the time. You're such a superstar. Go ahead and fill me in.
1: Okay, so I'll start from the most recent one. So last week, I actually went to Arizona, Phoenix,
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, for the the Bassendorfer and Yamaha piano competition.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I won third. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) In the summer last year, I went to New York first for Kaufman International Piano Competition. Mm -hmm. And I actually tied first.
0: Congrats.
1: Thank you. And then...
0: I'm going to just have to get used to saying congratulations. I have a (laughs) feeling that's where this is going. Okay, keep going.
1: I think. (laughs) And then that was in June. And then in late June, I went to L.A. for another competition, MTAC State, Mm -hmm. and I also won first.
0: Congrats. You've been busy. I was. I want to talk to you about someone who I think has been a very important sort of figure in your life. It's a famous pianist who you look up to and who you've actually gotten a chance to meet. Do you know who I'm talking about? Long Long. Long Long, yeah. So tell me about when you first met Long Long and how you got involved with the Long Long uh, competition. Bring me in on the story there.
1: Okay. So when I was in fourth grade, I traveled to Hangzhou, China for the Long Long competition. Uh-huh. And I actually won first. But wow. during during that week, I got to actually have a master class with Long Long. And it was such a cool experience, honestly, because... Longlong Long is like super funny and he's really nice uh-huh. and he makes everything real so encouraging and motivating. That's like his personality. Uh-huh. So it was really fun.
0: Do you remember any of the advice he gave you or anything that he said to you in particular that that you can recall?
1: Yeah. So I played the Bach French Suite number five, and I remember that in the Sarah Bond, he told me to play it like an 80-year-old grandma, and <laughs> that I will never forget, honestly.
0: <laughs> an 80-year-old grandma? What did that mean? <laughs> so
1: he meant that I should relax more when I'm playing it and uh-huh. not play so energetic, although uh-huh. I was 10 that time, but you want to- Now you're
0: 13. You're basically a grandma. Nah. <laughs> kind
1: of? Not really close.
0: Anyway, so he wanted you to sort of mellow out. your Because yeah. your, it's the Sarban is the slow movement of the Bach, mm-hmm. of course. And so he thought that would... And did, it, did that help? Did that image help kind of chill out your, your interpretation of the movement?
1: Definitely. I played it so much more comfortable, kind mm-hmm. of. Although at the beginning, I just couldn't help laughing every time I thought about it.
0: Now, because I, I play that piece, too. I think the next time I play it, I'm going to start laughing when I get to that Sarah Bond. I want to kind of get real for a second with you because something that's happened to, I think, every musician out there is the dreaded memory slip. And I know you had one that happened to you, too, right? Yeah. This is a long time ago.
1: It was a long time ago. Don't long worry. Time, Ancient like, Ancient history. Every competition or performance, if something doesn't go wrong with my performance, it's just not me, honestly. So I, it's everyone, honestly. So yeah, it's, it's fine. all of us.
0: It's fine. It's
1: fine. So I was playing the Bach French Suite number five. Mm-hmm. And during the Sarah Bond, it was the Sarah Bond. Oh,
0: the grandma Sarah yeah. Bond. Okay.
1: And then in the second page of the Sarah Bond, I just suddenly forgot where it was and it was the first time i ever had a memory slip before so i was just like panicking on stage not knowing what to do Mm -hmm. i think it must have been like 10 seconds where i just paused i just froze on stage Mm -hmm. i didn't know what to do so i just started trying to restart the second page i forgot all the notes so at the end i just kind of started from the beginning of the sarah bond again Mm -hmm. but then Long Wong's teacher was actually there and she really encouraged me and I was so grateful that she didn't mention um, the mistake at all. Of course. Uh, Yeah but she was just so nice to me and I really appreciated that.
0: Yeah, and we all make mistakes. And at the end of the day, that's not what it's about. It's about yeah. the music making and the sharing of the art. Well, I love that you are so eager to just get out there and have all these experiences, Sinran. And, and just please keep just being you because you're awesome. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much. That was Sinran Shi from San Jose, California, just 13 years old, folks. Our next performer, a baritone, uses his imagination to channel big emotions into song. Raghav, welcome to From the Top. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you today. And we are going to perform a piece together, which is, as I say, got all the red sauce, the Italian bolognese and everything. It's as Italian as it gets. What is this
3: piece? Um, This piece is Ideale Melodia by Francesco Paolo Tosti. Um, I really like to think of it as a person
0: on a journey to find their long lost love. Mm, A journey to find a long lost love. Let's go on that journey together now. You ready? Yeah. Okay, let's take it from the top. Great. That was 16-year-old baritone Raghav Ramgopal from Los Altos Hills, California, singing Francesco Palotosti's Ideale. I'm Peter Dugan, and I was at the piano. What a joy to hear you sing that piece, Raghav. You have such a pure quality to your voice. It's really touching. Thank you, and I really loved singing with you. Thank you, thank you. Of course, now you're here at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, pre-college division, studying Western classical music. I know you you love it here. It's been like a home for you. Tell me a little bit about your experiences or some highlights of studying here. Um,
3: yes, of course. And I'd first like to thank my teacher, Ms. Unmiko, um, for all of the opportunities she gave me. And it's just crazy to think that I'm a 16-year-old with all these opportunities. There is a balance between, like, learning ensemble work and like opera musical theater scenes, but also developing yourself as a solo singer, because Mm. um, I've been fortunate enough to take a class called Vocal Performance Workshop, where each Mm. semester you choose an art song or an aria to perform, and you dive deep into what the meaning behind it is and what the story is. So you can write a research paper about it and then ultimately perform it. Of course,
0: being a singer, there are so many skills that go into that. There's acting, there's language skills, diction skills, interpretive skills, um, physical moving around on stage. All of that goes into being a singer. So it's great that you're getting this well-rounded education. Yeah, thank you. One of the things I read about you that really amazed me was a ritual that you had with your dad. Sitting down and reading some, not exactly the lightest material. Let me set the stage for you. When I was a kid, I would read the back of the cereal box. What would you read? Um, I like to read the headlines and look at the pictures on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal. Okay, folks, cereal box, Wall Street Journal. Just to let you know how humbled I'm feeling speaking to Raghav right now. What impact did that have on you?
3: Like I said, every morning during breakfast, my dad would be reading the paper and then I would steal it from him and (laughs) um, read the front page. I became more introduced to like what was going on in the world and I was exposed to more. And I was seeing like a lot of the suffering that was happening to other people um, in like the Middle East and like Asia and other uh, parts of the world and even just here at home. Mm. and It caused me to be really passionate about social justice and trying to bring change to the world and about politics. So that's something I really love doing right now. And
0: it's it was all started by that ritual. Yeah, I know that you're really involved in, in politics now. I mean, it's not just an interest of yours. You're out there doing the work. Tell me about the Youth Commission.
3: Yeah, so... Um, I'm part of my town's youth commission, the Los Altos Hills Youth Commission, and we work with the city council to implement new things with a youth perspective Mm. throughout the town. So one of the recent projects we worked on was implementing new bike lanes in the town because our town doesn't have sufficient bike lanes, but has a lot of bikers. So uh, I think that was really cool and environmentally friendly and helped more people.
0: I love that you're out there in the real world making change. You're Thank also you. a intern for a congressman, right?
3: Yes, I am. I'm working with Congressman Ro Khanna, and that's been really cool so far because the work I've done is more at a government level but not a political level and also at a lower level in government. So I'm able to learn the inner workings of how a politician's office Um, runs while also learning more about
0: how a district or federal uh, type of office works. Yeah, I love that. word on the street is that your mom was hoping that you might become one of our U.S. senators and that you've got this nickname, the Singing Senator. She always calls me. She says
3: that I will be the (laughs) Singing Senator.
0: The Singing Senator We at From the Top love the idea of the singing senator so much that I'm wondering if you would humor me, because I'm imagining you on the floor of the Senate, and, you know, it's all in favor, say yay, and I just want to hear what the singing senator would do with yay. Yay. How about nay? Nay. Okay, and how about present? Present. Yes, the singing senator, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but really, Raghav, like, you have such a beautiful way of carrying yourself musically and otherwise, and like you're so articulate, and I know that the future is bright for you, and, and you, I can't wait to see the change you make in the world. Thank you. That was 16-year-old baritone Raghav Ramgopal from Los Altos Hills, California. Yeah, reading the Wall Street Journal as a little kid, I'm still trying to process that. And of course, now you all know that I read the cereal box, which I guess I'll never be able to live down. But this is what I mean, folks. These kids really are our future. Our next young musician is also ready to take on the world. It's 14-year-old Sarah Flexer. She's a cellist. She's a serious reader. I know you're going to want to get to know her more after you listen to her perform. She and I have a little Brahms for you. That was 14-year-old cellist Sarah Flexer from Palo Alto, California, performing the second movement of Brahms' Sonata in E minor for cello and piano. I'm your host, Peter Dugan. I was at the piano joining Sarah. That was such a treat to play with you. You're such a sensitive musician, Sarah.
4: Yeah, I really enjoyed playing with you. It was so much fun.
0: It was. We got to do the whole sonata sometime.
4: Yeah, definitely.
0: You come from a very musical family, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that.
4: Yeah, so both of my parents play instruments. They actually grew up playing in the same chamber orchestra, which my sister and I now play in. So my dad plays the cello, um, my mom plays the violin, and my older sister, who is two years older than me, she also plays the violin.
0: Wow. Talk to me a little bit about having a parent who plays the same instrument as you. I mean, is there ever any any pressure that comes along with that? What's that like in the household when you're practicing?
4: Yeah. So I practice in a room that's like right next to his office. So uh-huh. like, I always feel like he's like listening to me practice, but um he's gives me like a lot of help and like pointers. Nice.
0: I love hearing about your parents. Obviously, they have a huge impact on you since they're musicians too, but also your grandma has been a big influence on you as well, right?
4: Yeah, we have a really close relationship because she lives across the street from us. So, mm. um we often have like dinners together and she really inspires me because she came to America um, maybe in her teens to come to college here. Wow. She's from originally from Hong Kong and she has six siblings, which is like a lot. But yeah, she told me a little bit about like her journey coming here and her experiences as like a first-generation American.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and she's also one of the funniest people I know. We used to like fold wontons with her um, when we were younger. She taught us how to do that. Um, and it's just little things that really make Our relationship with her really special.
0: I want to now. We've been hearing all about your family and the influence they have on you. I want to talk about a passion that's really yours, which is racial justice.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I kind of got into racial justice and specifically like criminal justice um, after reading Bryan Stevenson's memoir *Just Mercy*, um, which talked about his work fighting for the wrongly accused.
2: Mm.
4: and innocent people on death row. Hmm. And I thought that was extremely powerful, but it's a topic that isn't like the, on the front page of the newspaper every day. But then during the pandemic, um, COVID had such a disproportionate impact on um, incarcerated individuals. And that really struck me as well as how um, the justice system has so much institutionalized racism and it's so difficult because like as a young person you don't really know like what you can do to help so what i've been trying to do is like learn as much as i can as about the issue Mm -hmm. so that comes in the form of like reading more books um or articles on like the news but i've also tried to express that through like artistic forms so Mm -hmm. like i convey like my emotions through like both playing cello as well as through like creating like short like films or documentaries about the issues but I guess for my future kind of my dream is to like find something where I could work in a field that like kind of intersects criminal justice with music yeah Um, I feel like as like you're practicing like in your own room it's kind of hard to like I feel like what you're doing like matters sort of yeah um even though because of course you want to do something that helps and you want to be like marching in like protests right. and i guess like being more of like an activist mm-hmm. um but i feel like there are like smaller ways that people can like contribute mm-hmm. um even if it's not like directly like out there
0: yeah before we go i have to ask you about i have to let's call this like a um a fact check because i've heard that you read over 180 books in one year. Is that really true?
4: Yeah, so I read 180 books in 2021. And then last year, I only read like 160.
0: (laughs) Only 160?
4: (laughs) Yeah. What a slacker. (laughs) I know. No, but I feel like this year, I'm going to try to like spend more time like absorbing like what I'm reading instead of Uh, like trying to like get through more books.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Any recommendations for our listeners from your Three hundred plus books that you've read in the past (laughs) couple years.
4: (laughs) Um, There's a really good memoir called "Crying in H Mart" by Michelle Sonner. I think.
0: Yeah, Yeah. thanks for the recommendation and thanks for the conversation. You're such a fascinating person. You're 14 years old. It's just amazing, Um, and really, I enjoyed playing Brahms with you so much. Thanks, Sarah.
3: Thank
4: you so much.
0: That was 14 year old cellist activist. Reader extraordinaire, Sarah Flexer from Palo Alto, California. Well, we have to take a break now, but please don't go away. Coming up, we're going to meet a young classical guitarist who volunteers his time at his local VA hospital, and we'll actually hear from the veterans themselves about the healing power of music. You're listening to From the Top, and I'm pianist Peter Dugan. Did you know that From the Top posts short, beautiful videos of our young musicians every day? The series is called Daily Joy. Treat yourself to youthful inspiration daily. Sign up at fromthetop.org.
5: Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need. JKCF.org. And from the Massachusetts Cultural Council, a state agency connecting young people with the arts in schools and in their communities. Learn more at massculturalcouncil.org. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age.
0: Welcome back to From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. I'm your host, pianist Peter Dugan, and it's so great to be with you all this week and every week. Thanks to Susan and Gerald Slavitt, who support my position here at the program. And a big thank you to the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation. So happy to be in partnership with them. For years, we've been able to give serious scholarship money to kids who have financial need, You know, being a musician is an expensive craft to pursue, so this can make a real difference in their lives. To find out more or to apply, go to fromthetop.org. You're going to meet a young guitarist named Jack now, and we at From the Top have known Jack since he was just 13 years old when he came on the show with his sister. Now he's about to graduate high school, and we're just so proud of how he's using music to make a profound difference in his community members' lives. Jack volunteers at the Menlo Park Veterans Affairs Hospital in California, where he teaches guitar lessons every Friday evening to a group of vets, many of whom struggle with addiction. The program is about the healing power of music. Let's head to the VA hospital now to hear Jack's story.
6: So I'll start, I'm Jack, I'm Jack Davidson. Uh, I'm a senior at John High School, which is super close to here.
7: Uh, this is my sister, Elle. Hello. My is Jason, U.S. Army. I'm Lou, U.S. Marine Corps.
3: Joe, U.S. Army.
6: So I'm here Morning in Norman. the Menlo Park VA Army. Center's music room, and it's kind of a living space-sized room, and we've got a row of guitars on one side, and we're going to take them down, and we're going to tune them. We're going to set up some chairs and footstools and people will start trickling in as soon as they're done with their assembly. And uh, I think we're gonna get around six to eight people. You can also play without one, but basically what you're gonna do is place, if you have a footstool, your left foot goes on your footstool. So before COVID actually, I I was looking for outreach opportunities and uh, ways in which I could spread my music. This program enables me to teach every week for an hour at uh, 6 p.m. on Fridays, and we learn music and we have fun and not all of the music we produce is performance level, but it's fun all the same.
7: It's very relaxing, it's therapeutic, you know. Um, sometimes you get stuck in your head a lot, so this is like a great way where instead of focusing on your thoughts, you're focusing on, you know, where your fingers are, what you gotta do. Um, so it's a great, healthy outlet that i found, and uh, I'm really liking it. Um, the students, or I'm the student, the teachers are very good, you know, um, and they make everything seem very easy and simple for us.
6: That's perfect. That's perfect. Go at your go at your own pace. Thank you. Three three.
0: I'm Lou. I actually just started. This is my first class,
7: and they told me about it, and I love guitar, so if I could just learn a little bit more, then I, what I know. I know a lot of, like, classic rock, but I want to get into blues and, you know, like, strumming pretty good with, like, the making the guitar cry kind of thing. Some days I feel blue, some days I feel hyped up, some, you know, so I play that. That's what uh, comes from the heart.
6: Oh, almost. Make sure you pluck the E string right there. Oh, perfect. Yeah, exactly. What I've learned is that music isn't necessarily something I give to people. I've learned that music is there, and I just have to help unlock it for people. One, two, one. I think music is the one thing that really unites everybody. It's the universal language, and when I teach people and they're all laughing and having a good time together learning music, I think that's what this program is really all about. Same thing. Let's run it back. All right. One.
8: I've always had clumsy fingers, so I never really tried it. It's pretty neat to learn something new. Good way to get out and talk with people. And, you know, everybody's concentrating on the same thing. And
6: this is going to be hard because we have not put it together yet. But we'll get as far as we can and we'll practice it so it gets better. I don't necessarily know that I'll become a musician, but I just know that Throughout my life, I'll always have music as a release or a hobby or something that I can fall back on if I'm doing something else. I've been receiving treatment here in the domiciliary here in Menlo Park for the past uh, four and a half months. Because of substance use, uh, I was uh, having some uh, voices and worries. And also the treatment classes that I attend uh, helps me to uh, have, like, uh, coping tools so that I don't, uh, you know, like... uh, get stuck on cravings and urges for for alcohol and drugs. I have this uh, as my comfort like just listening to music, like playing the instrument. It carries over to the weekend and then it I I don't feel as lonely as much when when I play, when I come in here for Friday lessons. It is it is really hard for me to hear what these people have been through and I try and just think about the music because they're all recovering and they all have different stories, but I find that music is really the thing we all have in common. So when we have that, that's everything to us, so. Two, three, go. So the piece I'm teaching the vets right now is We Shall Overcome, and I actually thought about this piece because it has a nice rhythm, it has a simple melody, as well as nice chords that you can play to accompany.
7: Yeah, because once you start learning the notes, um, it's kind of like emotional, you know? Like when you're feeling a certain type of way, it bleeds into the strings, you know? You strum a certain note, and it's like, hey, I kind of feel like that, you know? And then you can just play with that note or play with another note, you know, kind of expressing the way you're feeling at that point.
6: I teach with my sister, Elle Davison, who is also a guitarist, and when I go to college in couple months, she will be the one doing it solely by herself. So I'll be passing on the torch.
0: Let's hear Jack perform now. This is A Night in Tunisia by Dizzy Gillespie, arranged for the guitar by Roland Dion. Jack Davison, 18 years old, from Menlo Park, California, performed A Night in Tunisia by Dizzy Gillespie, arranged for guitar by Roland Dion. I love the way Jack plays that piece, and I'm so glad he brought it to us. It's our first time featuring it on From the Top, and I just really appreciated hearing Jack's story. Thanks, Jack, for what you're doing. This group of young musicians we've been meeting today has so much passion, not only on the stage, in the recording studio, but as you're hearing... In their everyday lives, too, as they put their time and their talents to good causes. These are not young people who like to sit still, I think it's safe to say. And our next performer, Neil Eisfeld, a young violinist, is no exception. I mean, this kid practically vibrates with energy, as you're going to hear in this exuberant performance of Wieniawski's Polonaise de Concert in D major with me at the piano. Check it out. Thank you. Henrik Wieniawski's Polonaise Brillante in D major performed by 13-year-old violinist Neil Eisfeld from Lake Zurich, Illinois, near Chicago. I had the great fun of joining you at the piano, Neil. That was a <laughs> blast. You play that piece with such Thank fire. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was fun to play together, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, um, I know that music is a huge part of your life, obviously, and I thought it would be fun to play some pieces of music that have been really influential in your life and, uh... And then tell me a little bit about what these pieces mean to you. Sound good? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so here's the first one.
8: This piece is The Rite of Spring by Stravinsky, and the first time I actually heard this piece was performed by my father's orchestra. Um, This piece was very inspirational, and I felt a strong connection to it when I first heard it.
0: You know, I remember the first time I heard The Rite of Spring and feeling like it was, you know, so-called classical music, but I remember kind of banging my head to it and, like, rocking out. Did you have a similar experience? Yeah,
8: yeah. The part where it goes, bum, 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 that part, like, I really started moving a lot. Yeah, I
0: mean, there's nothing like it. It's it's, it's awesome. Well, maybe some rock and roll. But um, (laughs) let's let's go to our next selection, and this one's a bit different.
8: So this is my piece The Ukrainian Dreaming Cradle and I wrote this piece um, given the opportunity by Chicago From Scratch Chicago From Scratch that's part of the Chicago Musical Pathways Initiative yes right? yes. Yeah. and this piece is about a baby that is sleeping in a cradle mm. and it's like peaceful in Ukraine and when he wakes up he has a nightmare and it's like the crisis that was going on in Ukraine and that's kind of like the middle section of my piece. Mm-hmm. And when he falls back asleep, it's like peaceful again. So, yeah, this piece is is inspired to the people in Ukraine.
0: Well, it's beautiful. And so just to be clear, not only did you write it, but that's also you performing it too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we've got one more piece to share for you. Uh, and tell us what this is and why this is meaningful to you. All right, yeah. Ah, so the Brook
8: Violin Concerto. So mm-hmm. I actually made my Carnegie Hall debut Ooh! at 10 when I played this. Wow. So I got to play at not, Carnegie Hall. Not
0: too shabby. Congrats on that. <laughs>
8: <laughs> and such a wonderful opportunity to play in Carnegie Hall where all the other violinists have played. So yeah, this is definitely one of the best opportunities playing this concerto.
0: Well, I wish I could have been there to have heard that, but I'm oh. sure I'll get to hear your... Brooke Concerto another time. Uh, Neil, it's been a real pleasure and um, just can't wait to see what, where you go with your career. You know, It's only up from here. 13-year-old Neil Eisfeldt from Lake Zurich, Illinois. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap. I wanna thank all the young musicians who performed on the program today for sharing their music. I hope you were all as moved by their energy and compassion As I was, I just love learning from them every week. And to you listening at home or in the car or while cruising down a brand new bike lane, (laughs) thanks for spending this time with us. I'm your host, pianist Peter Dugan. Please join me next week, and we'll take it from the top. Thank you to the San Francisco Conservatory of Music for the use of their beautiful new recording studio, and a big shout-out to sound engineers Jason O'Connell and Emma Markowitz for their help. Thank you to Joshua Sovijo at WFMT at their fantastic performance space in Chicago. From the Top is produced by Megan Swan and Jessica Tickton. Sound design and music editing by John Escobar with editing and mastering by Rodrigo Cuenca. Our production manager is Amanda Roth. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear on our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, on the web at arts.gov.
5: Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at VisitMA.com. And from Dignity Memorial, helping families plan life celebrations now so their loved ones are protected later, because nobody should have to plan for a loss while they're experiencing one. Learn more at DignityMemorial.com. This is NPR.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org.